Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Charles Spurgeon said of Psalm 72 that in this psalm, at least, we see a personal monarch, and he is the central figure. The focus of all the glory, not his servant, but himself, do we see possessing the dominion and dispensing the government. Personal pronouns referring to our great king are constantly occurring in this psalm. He has dominion. Kings fall down before him and serve him, for he delivers, he spares, he saves, he lives, and daily is he Praised. Let us note that this psalm is written by the son of David, of Solomon, and as we read it, we hear about a greater king than either David or Solomon or any of the kings who have ever ruled on this earth. Ultimately, this psalm points us to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the King of Glory. And as we hear what David uh, would have told to Solomon and what Solomon would have written on and on about the righteous king. Let us hear of how he is the one that brings justice on this earth. Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish, and peace abound till the moon be no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him, and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him, all nations serve him, for he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor, and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live, may gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be abundance of grain in the land. On the tops of the mountains may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Blessed be the the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. 
Now, it may be confusing with verse 20 concluding what it started off in the title telling us is a song of Solomon. While I believe that this psalm specifically is drawing our attention to the overlap of David's life and Solomon's life. It could have been that David was telling part of this to Solomon and Solomon picks it up. Uh, Either way, the overlap of their kingship was always pointing us toward a greater king. And so, this whole psalm gives us a sight of the wonderful glory of the one who comes down like rain upon the mown grass. What is that supposed to invoke in us as we read it? It's supposed to draw our attention to the life and the refreshing power of the one who brings all grace and waters the earth with showers. As Spurgeon says, each crystal drop of rain tells of heavenly mercy, which forgets not the parched plains. Jesus is all grace. All that he does is love, and his presence among men is joy. We need to preach him more, for no shower can so refresh the nations. Philosophic preaching mocks men as with a dust shower, but the gospel meets the case of fallen humanity, and happiness flourishes beneath its genial power. Come down, O Lord, upon my soul, and my heart shall blossom with thy praise. This is the response to this psalm. It is not only to be in awe and to stand fearing the power and might of God, but it is to honor him with reverence and to see that God is the one that brings blessing upon the whole earth through his reign and his rule. It is not only intended for us to look at him and fear him rightly, as we are called to in Scripture, but to enjoy him and to see that he brings blessings upon all men. Uh, We know, of course, the classic saying that if rain falls on the just and the unjust, God's reign, his grace, is given in a common way to all people. And in this way, it is that God loves all people. He has shown his love that it's not to one particular group, but it is to all peoples. But there we must also understand there is a specific kind of particular love that God shows toward those who are his. And those who are his, he redeems into his kingdom, who he brings in as sons and daughters of the kingdom, who are enabled to experience that joy and that blessedness. Most specifically in this psalm, we see how God shows that kind of kindness and deliverance to the people who are needy. Uh, It is Jesus who reminds us that Jesus didn't come for those who are well, as a doctor does not come to help people who are healthy, but he has come for the sick, he has come for the broken, he has come for the needy. That's why the first step in any proclamation of the good news of the gospel begins with us understanding our brokenness before God. We can think of the wonderful design God has, the wonderful plan, the wonderful purpose. Uh, But if we don't then recognize the problem, then good news is not really understood to be good because the bad news is what enables us to understand our need for the true king of kings, the savior. And then we will turn to him and praise him as these kings do, that he may live long. Now, certainly some of these these things are potentially fulfilled in the life of Solomon. We think of the gold of Sheba that's going to be given to him. Uh, But then it transitions to this prayer being made for him. Uh, Is that prayer to him or on his behalf? Again, this is uh, a bit of a blurry line where we understand both a fulfillment 
in the sense of them praying for God's person, God's man on the throne, uh, but looking forward to a king who is like no other, a king who is blessed, a king who is the Lord himself. And certainly David, though a man after God's own heart, did not live up to this standard. And then Solomon, a son who requested wisdom and got it, who is glorified in a way among the peoples, given such honor, still fails, falls, and even gives himself to idolatry in his life, is led away from the Lord who loves him because he is not continually following God day by day and examining all of his life in light of who God is. Um, It is important for us to see what it is that God does, that he brings life and he even saves the souls of the needy. We recognize the wonderful power of God and we should ultimately follow him as not just a king, but the king of kings. This is how we are to approach him and to worship him. And Spurgeon says that we pray that the atheist, the blasphemer, the hardened rebel, the prodigal may each be filled with God's glory. And then we ask for mercy on the whole earth. We leave not out so much as one, but so hope and expect the day when all mankind shall bow at the Savior's feet. Um, Are we going to be bowing in reverence and honor as children of the King, or will we be honoring God as children looking in from the outside? Uh, God wants us to follow Him and to rejoice in the King who has come. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being our King, for being the Lord and the God of all the universe, who brings justice, who brings righteousness, who brings help to the broken, to the needy, to those who are outside the kingdom. Lord, may we be ambassadors to share that there is a King who reigns and rules in righteousness, whose judgments are perfect, who cares for the justice of this world and who brings people to ultimate redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ, that the oppressors will be broken, but the needy will be rescued. Um, We are most needy, Lord, for your saving grace. Help us to be humble, to come to you as beggars who are looking for the one who brings bread, who brings life and eternal life, eternal water that gives us lasting peace and hope and joy forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.